Hey there, game friends. GM John here. Cozy Caverns Mysteries is a romantic, contemporary adult horror game with supernatural elements, and as such, may contain some concepts or themes that may be upsetting to some listeners. With that in mind, listener discretion is advised. As always, all content warnings for each episode will be listed in the episode's description. We're playing Cozy Caverns using the Beyond the Supernatural 2nd Edition role-playing game, which is published by Palladium Books. You can find out about Beyond the Supernatural, as well as the rest of their megaverse of phenomenal role-playing games, at Palladium Books' website, www.palladiumbooks.com, or find copies wherever fine RPG products are sold. With that said, on with the show. So you saw the shadow and the sheriff guy. Mm-hmm. And he saw me. Okay. So I'm going to ask Dana if she needs to stick around since it looks like the bad guy's gone. Um, if she wants us to stick around or if we should get a ride back to the inn. Dana looks, if anything, even more disturbed at this point. It only took us like five minutes to get over here, right? Yeah, we were uh, real fast. She says, yeah, how those two jerks beat us to it. Maybe they were already here. Do you know who's being cuffed? Nah, it isn't familiar. I think he's probably in out of town or something. I don't know. Today's had weird vibes. Everybody's been real stressed out. And she takes you back over at this point to the prickly pear. She has to head over to the station and start getting ready for work anyway. All right. Stay safe, Dana. And with these suspicions you have, be real careful about who you're traveling alone with. She's like, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much just on paperwork duty right now anyway, so it'll be mostly sitting around the station for me. Well, if you need any help or anything, you let me know. I'm strong. I can carry stuff for you. It's like, all right, yeah, give me give me your cell number just so I can call you guys just in case. I give her my cell number. Send her a text. Hey, this is Jazz. Yeah, she laughs and she's like, I, you know, I'm, one of my hands is occupied right now. She holds up the little sling. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we'll send her off on her way. Yeah, she gets going because I know you don't want to bring down a bunch of like caving equipment while she's still there. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, and then we pick up our bags and I guess we're gonna go to the mine, especially because the cops are busy right now. So hopefully if he jumps into someone, it's not a cop. So we're gonna go to the cairn and see if she still smells the burnt rubber. When you head to the mine, there is nobody there. The smell is faint around the cairn area itself. However, you notice it gets stronger heading towards the boarded up mine shaft. You can still smell it? Yeah, it's fainter, but it's still here. Okay, well then I'm going to take a hammer I borrowed from our inn. Air quotes. <laughs> I mean, it's mine. I own it. Technically <laughs> now. I, inha- I, I take the hammer of my inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to start pulling the boards down, I guess. Danny, keep watch and know that we're not really going to be able to explain this if the cops come. So 
Yeah. The far watch. <laughs> yeah, because the sun has gone pretty much as far down as it's going to go at this point. It's pretty yeah, early g- evening. It's like seven o'clock. Yeah. 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 So okay. it's it's getting dark out. And you have no problem whatsoever prying these boards out. These boards look like they've been here for quite a long time. And you notice a couple of them are situated so that it looks like they are actually nailed in, but you can just pull them right out. Is this like a doorway? Hey, Danny, come look at this. And I'm going to show her and pull them off. I think someone else has been coming in and out. It looks big enough that a human being could shimmy through, even a larger human being. No, I'm going to pull it open. I'm not shimmying. Shimmying does not make for an easy exit. You're so strong, by the way, that each time you just hook the hammer claw on there, you just rip at least one board out with each pull. So you manage to get the thing totally uncovered in a matter of moments. Cool. I'm going to set the boards aside neatly so they're not in our way and point the nails downward so no one steps on it and gets tetanus. And light our flashlights. Yeah, we're going to put on our head flashlights and I'm going to get out some chalk and let's go. And I assume grandma came with us. Yeah. She is with you. She's like, oh, man, this is really creepy. I don't like this. I know. But Jazz can burn the ghost. Yeah. All right. Let's go. I'm going to stay close to Danny just in case any rocks come flying her way. I'm going to be on the lookout for anything that might be thrown at her. Well, as you're heading through here, comparing this particular spur to the rest of the maps that you have, um, actually, give me a check plus, let's say, since you have maps especially, plus 40 jazz. Because you already know the underground cave area shockingly well for a tourist. (laughs) I've been studying it. Okay, so I have a 52 IQ roll and I got a 42 on it, the dice. By lining up the information on here, you realize that this particular area of the mining tunnels is an old spur that had been closed down a long time ago due to instability. Are we on the other side of that cave-in? You think you are. I tell Danny that. I really hope this isn't where the smugglers are coming through. I know. That's what I was just wondering is if it's the other side of the cave-in, how old is the cave-in? Because maybe they were coming through here and then now aren't. I'm going to kind of look around. As you start shining your lights around in this area, it looks like a long, fairly well-hewn tunnel. The cave-in itself, you know, is a relatively old cave-in. It's part of the reason that they shut this portion of the mine off. From your understanding, it happened in the 1960s. As you're traveling down this area, it's very dark and there is a lot of dust in the air. You reach a T-shaped intersection. One of the portions of the intersection goes towards where another cave-in has happened. But you can see what looks like a big clear chamber going down the right-hand portion of the T-shaped intersection. Which way is the smell coming from? The smell gets stronger the further you head in that direction. So we're going to keep going that way. I'm going to point an arrow the way we go. So go the opposite direction of the arrows to get out. As you keep going that way, you eventually slope down a little ways. As you're doing so, you realize that there's track. It's a bit rusty and it looks ill-used at this point, but it looks like something that they would have run mine carts down. And as you head down into kind of a bowl-shaped depression, you realize that this appears to be some sort of a staging area because there's a bunch of old mine carts in various states of condition down there you reach a big pair of metal double doors that leads into 
based on the information that's posted above it, a processing chamber of some sort. The smell coming from in there? It's strong. Okay, I put a mark on the floor. And give me perception checks. I missed. I got a 68 out of 45. 24 out of 48. Yeah. Danny, you also realize there's a very rotten smell down here. Okay. I also point that out to Jazz. I kind of ask her like, okay, so I know you don't smell the burnt motor oil, but do you smell like the rotten smell? Can I now? No, you still are having trouble picking it up. There's too much dust in your nose. It's too dusty. I sneeze. Does it smell like rotting? Like we might be finding that gal's body? It smells like death. Oh. Okay, I take that as an answer. (laughs) Should we go in the doors? I think so. Okay, I'm going to open the doors. Okay. As you open the doors, both of the doors actually collapse. There's up on the top of them, there's a little bar clamping them together. And when you pull on them hard enough, they both come down with a horrible squeal on top of you. Oh, thank God. I thought he'd know we were coming. (laughs) Jeff, as it slams down on you, you take 11 points of damage from the weight of these things. You're able to push them off before they fall onto you. But these are big, heavy doors that were obviously rigged to collapse if somebody messed with them wrong. I pointed it out for her. Are you okay? (laughs) I'm okay, but these were rigged to fall. So does that mean we're coming in the wrong way? Or the right way, the booby-trapped way. I would say the booby-trapped way is the wrong way. Okay, just make sure I go through the doors. Well, inside of the doors, it looks like some sort of ore processing room. You can see that there's big conveyor belt type things that were meant for carrying, obviously, some kind of stone or processing some kind of material. Unfortunately, there are a lot of very long bags A lot of them are coroner-style body bags, but some of them are just a number of garbage bags tied together. It looks like this place is some kind of storage chamber for what you assume are people. Can we prove that one way or the other? Yeah, I mean, you go up to one of the bags. I'm going to slowly start opening the bag. I don't want goo to come out on me, but... There is a very decomposed person inside. Okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to be like... How's your cell phone reception? How's our cell phone reception? Down there, negligible. Okay. We're in a room full of dead bodies, and we broke in here. Should we go tell the cops? The cops might be doing this. Yeah. Dana can't come investigate by herself, and we don't know who else we can trust. Oh, boy. What else is around here? An exit? You do notice one thing in particular that strikes you as intriguing. Further inside the room, there is what looks like a central shaft that used to have some kind of an elevator system in it. But now you can see that it just has lengths of chains running up its length, and it looks like standing under the shaft. It may actually lead out and up to the surface. So there's an exit through the roof? Yeah. Assuming you can climb chains. Well, I can. Well, I can't. (laughs) Is there any other exits? Wait, can we get reception under here? No. Even with the slight opening to the outside, you're still down underground. And you realize there's a lot of bags in here. Can you smell uh, the burning rubber over the smell of rot? It's strong. Yeah. As you look through here, Danny, you can see something else. 
I don't know what other way to describe this other than threads of ectoplasm in a very complex shape that resembles a circle on the far side of this room. Oh, there's like a ghost circle. Not like actual ghosts. Not like Ruby, but... Like a fairy ring? Maybe. I want to get closer without touching it. As you get closer, you can hear what sounds like a series of low moans coming from this thing. It doesn't respond in any way. It's just, you believe this may be made out of dead people. I'm going to try to poke the edge of the circle. Maybe I should try first. Wait, what if I burn them? Well, if you burn them, that means they're evil. If nothing happens, then that means maybe they're trapped like Ariel was. You try, and I'll be ready to like yank you back if needed. Okay, I just wait until she signals that I'm near the circle, and I'm going to try and touch it. As you start getting close to the circle, your hand immediately bursts into flames again. Okay, burn it. I'm going to try and touch it. Danny, I want you to go ahead and roll a d20 for me. Oh, no. Four. The last thing you think as your sister reaches out and touches it with her now burning hand is, maybe that was a mistake. And then you are assailed by a sound of dozens of screaming roars that overwhelm you as this thing burns up to a crisp. You can see as she's touching it, individual wisps start flying out of it, and it eventually just burns up to what looks like ash for a second and then dissipates in your vision, Danny. What if Pandora just, you know, burned the box? We may have... What? Oh, no. What if those were all the people, the eyes? At this point, Danny, you're in a bit of a stupor because you heard individual voices screaming in that fear. Some of them sounded angry. Some of them sounded relieved. But it was just a little too much for your senses. Jazz, for the next minute, you're going to have to lead your sister around if you want her to go anywhere or do anything. Yeah, she's like, oh, oh God, Danny, Danny, you okay? And then she's going to try and, uh, she's going to try and lead her out. It's time to go. Jazz is going to start taking them back the way that they came. She's going to take some pictures of what they saw, including dead guy in bag. Because I think it's time to get the cops involved with the bodies. So, Well, you have to eventually physically carry her out until she starts snapping out of it. Okay, are we out of the mine now? You are, at this point, heading out of the mine, yes. You're actually coming right out of the boarded up area. Danny, by this point, you've just pretty much recovered your ability to talk. But you know something. It's the one thing you managed to glean from the screens. That was his nest. His lair. Yeah. I think burning that was a good idea, but... (laughs) How can we dance when the beds (laughs) are burning? (laughs) As the two of you are coming out, you hear down the red rock, Woo! Woo! Can I be watching the bars on my phone? Yeah. As as soon as I get service, I want to send Dana the pictures and our location and help found this. Should we try to get in the car and run? (laughs) Down the one-way road? As the two of you are heading towards the car, you see a police cruiser pull up on this road heading towards your car. Have I sent the message? The message has sent, yes. Okay. And as the car comes to a stop, Chief Brackhaven gets out, and you see him reaching for the pistol on his belt. I'm going to yank us back in the cave. 
Okay. Like, don't shoot us. Bold choice. He could shoot us. I'm going to yank us back into the cave where he can't see us, hopefully, and shout out, don't shoot us. We found a bunch of bodies. We need help. And see how he responds. I'm going to reach up and turn off my light and signal to Jazz to do the same because giving him a target probably isn't a good idea. Says, well, I'm sure that you did. Part of the problem that we have here is the two of you are trespassing in places you're not supposed to be. Can I text Dana? Sheriff Brockhaven's here. He knows about the bodies. Free us. You can. I'm going to tell Danny to do that. I'm going to be like, Danny, message Dana. Okay. You see sending on your phone as you're sending it. It doesn't seem like it's going through easily because it's still sending a couple of seconds later. But it says it was sent? Not yet. Crap. Okay. What are we supposed to do? Run? We have nowhere to run. We need to hide? Hide where? Back at the room of murder bodies? I don't think we should be around the guy with the gun. Well, and you can hear coming down the tunnel, girls. Can I take her phone and slide it towards where it would get better reception? Like hide it here, because if we go deeper, it's not going to have reception. And it seems like you have bars here, right? It seems like it's trying to send. So yeah, we'll like kind of put it over to the side so it doesn't get stepped on and found, but... And turn the screen off and just kind of tuck it aside. And then I'm going to pull her back and I'm just going to turn my phone off in my pocket. And we're going to head back, see if there's any like spurs that we missed that we can turn down. Okay, Jazz, go ahead, especially since this is a fraught moment. You're just going off of what you read on the map a little bit earlier. So give me an IQ plus 20 to help you guys navigate through these tunnels. Nope, I got a 55 out of 35. Unfortunately, you get a little bit turned around while you're down there and end up going down a tunnel that's had a partial collapse. That tunnel, we went left instead of right. Can we kind of hide around the partial collapse? Well, it looks like an area that you can squeeze through. He's big, isn't he? Isn't he a big guy? He is a big guy. He's a very big guy. Let's see if we can squeeze through here. Yeah, you hear coming from closer down the tunnels than you had anticipated him being. Now, girls, you don't want to go ahead and add any more charges to all that trespassing we're going to get you with, do you? Danny, go through the hole. Okay, go ahead. I want you to give me... Do you have a scape artist? Why would we have a scape artist? We're normal humans. I just had to ask on the off chance. It's only being fair. She's not a magician's assistant. So I want you to roll me a physical prowess plus 20 roll on this one. Oh God, don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. (laughs) 24 out of 33. You take a deep breath and you just go for this little gap and you squeeze yourself through. On the other side, it's pretty dark, but you realize that this must have been a portion of the area that connects to the rest of the main mine. Jazz. Yeah. Go ahead and do the same for me, please. Which one was that? That was PP, physical prowess, plus 20. Okay. Because it's, again, a fairly decent sized gap, but a man the size of Brackhaven would have trouble. I got a 97. I am a big girl too, guys. I can't suck it in its muscle. (laughs) All right. Try harder. It doesn't suck. Well, Jazz, here's the lucky thing. You went through feet first. 
And unfortunately, your shoulder ends up hitting a portion of the cave-in where there's a partial beam that's collapsed, and it shifts the beam, so more weight comes down on top of you. Like, if I can't back into where Danny is, can I go forward to where the cop is? You can. No, 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 no. I can't get through, Danny. You can't go back there. I can't stay here. Go get help. I am not leaving you here with a murderous cop. Leave Grandma with me. (laughs) What good is that going to do? I don't want to die alone. Danny, as you see this debris fall down on top of your sister and behind her, you notice it shuffle a little bit more and then it's fully blocking you off from where she's at. So, Danny, we're going to go with you first. You did not study the maps nearly as well as your sister did. No, getting separated was not in the cards. <laughs> I want you to give me just a flat IQ roll. Can grandma help her? I don't know what's going on down here. I don't spend a lot of time in mines. 61 out of a 21. Oh, gosh. So as you're wandering off into the darkness, trying to find some kind of a way out, Jazz, you get yourself pulled clear of the collapse. And you can hear a clanking sound on the walls inside the mine. It sounds like he's hitting them with his nightstick as he's coming closer. You don't know where he is exactly, but you think he's only a couple hundred feet away. Oh, girls, I hope neither of you plans on resisting arrest. It'd be a real shame if I had to do something horrible to you. Is there anywhere Jazz can hide? Like, is there anywhere else for her to go? Is, or is this the end of the tunnel? Go ahead and give me another IQ plus 20 check, map navigator. Nope, 88. You run down where you think another spur that you could possibly uh, connect with the rest of the main mine is. Unfortunately, as you turn around the corner to where you think the spur is, you can see Brackhaven standing, just waiting eerily still in the middle of this T-shaped intersection you've reached. And then his head starts turning as he hears you. And then the rest of his body starts turning. Why, hello there. It's Jazz, right? He seems to know where I am now. Yeah, it looks like he can see where you're at because he's looking at you down a hallway. (laughs) All right, I'm going to wait for him. I'm going to ready myself and I'm going to wait for him. Okay. As he starts stalking down the hallway again, he says, well, aren't we confident? Sometimes. Yeah. And he cocks the gun. Jazz is terrified of guns. Absolutely terrified of guns being pointed at her. She's thinking of Danny right now and that she has to keep this going longer than a gunshot so that Danny has a chance to get out. So she's going to be like, yeah, I figured you'd use a gun. Not a lot of people are mad enough to take me on. You're trying to goad him. Let Make a mental affinity plus 20 check on that. An MA? Yeah. Oh, great. My good 11 in that. <laughs> nope. 63. He doesn't seem to be buying the bait immediately, but he says, I want you to get down on the ground and put your hands behind your back. Is that what you told Ruby? Is that what you told Ariel? He stops. You like picking on girls who can't fight back. He puts it back in his holster. All right, let's see what you got. Put the gun aside, though. He tosses it behind him. All right, she's going to get into a defensive stance. All right. We're going to go ahead and roll for initiative in just a moment. Oh, God. (laughs) I mean, you got to see me. I go ahead and flip my headlamp back on. I did leave chalk markings the last time we came through. 
Yes, so I'm searching for that. This area looks foreign to you. The one thing that you know is that you have not seen this area before. You can see that there's a lot of mechanical apparatuses down here. It looks like some of them are designed to help support different sections of the tunnels that otherwise might end up collapsing. But you also see a lot of it looks like firefighting equipment. Any sort of alarms? I'm going to search this area. Okay, go ahead and give me a perception check. 40 out of 48. Okay, you don't find like an alarm or anything like that, but you do find something very interesting as you go further down the series of tunnels that you're in. You find an area that is marked demolition storage. I go ahead and open it and see what's inside. As you open it to see what's inside, it squeals a little bit as you pull this big metal storage grill open. There's not much of any real note inside of here, except for a flare gun. Okay. I'm going to see if I can find anywhere that leads surface-y, like if there's any more of those used-to-be elevator tunnel things. Give me another IQ check. IQ plus anything? We'll say plus 5%. Doesn't matter. 68. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, you are still very much lost in the dark down here. And your grandma says, oh my God, this is horrible. This is like a terrible movie. Jazz, go ahead and roll initiative for me. Is that a D20? That's a D20. I got an eight. Okay. Well, he comes charging at you. Okay. Attempts to hit you with what looks like a body block. What's the difference between parry and dodge again? A parry is basically preventing them from doing damage by blocking the attack, whereas a dodge is literally evading it. A parry will not use an attack of yours, whereas a dodge will. Okay, I'll do a parry then. You need to beat a 20 with your parry roll because he comes careening directly towards you. Oh, I rolled a one. Oh, oh man. As soon as it comes to crunch time, my dice give up on me. That's funny. I rolled my other dice. It's a 20. <laughs> <laughs> now, he hammers into you, and it hurts okay. bad. He hits you like what you imagine a linebacker would feel like in football. You take eight points of damage as he collides with you and sends you sprawling to the ground. Yeah. Is he on top of me? At this point, yes, he would be over top of you. Now, you lose your next action, so he tries to swing down with the baton that he had been carrying as he's now trying to get over top of you further. Am I able to parry that? Yes. Ooh, (laughs) I did not roll well. Oof, I only got a 15 to parry. Oh, you easily block this hit. He's feeling super overconfident as he gets over top of you. You can see it in his wide bloodshot eyes. But as he swings the baton down, you easily bat it aside with your forearm. Okay. Is it my turn now? It is your turn. I'm going to punch him in the face. Okay. I rolled a nat 20. Oh, my God. And you have boxing, correct? I have boxing, bodybuilding, gymnastics, kickboxing, and wrestling. Okay. He tries to get the stick up, but you actually hit the stick with your fist and then drive it into his face. There is a loud crunching sound as you punch him. Go ahead. As your hand flares up, roll for damage. Double. It'll be 8d6. 8d6? Mm-hmm. Okay, 4 plus 10 plus 7 plus 12. 
33. Oh, I love having math people. You strike Chief Brackhaven once in the face as you rise up from where he was almost in a full mound on you. And it is the best punch that you have ever thrown, hands down. I practiced this so many times with girls, teaching them the move. (laughs) There is an incredibly satisfying noise as you feel bone break underneath your fist. And there's a huge flare of light. Chief Brackhaven collapses backwards, and you can see there's a massive red series of marks on his face, and he is immobile. I want to use his handcuffs to handcuff him. Okay. As you are going to handcuff him, Danny, you don't know whether you're moving further into or further out of this place. And your grandma is like, oh, have you checked your phone? See if maybe you can get somebody on it now. I don't have it. (laughs) Oh, damn, that's right. One of the areas that you've just gone down into is just a dead end, and you're having to turn back at this point. Okay. I'm going to go back to the area where I found the flare gun, and they tell you, like, if you're lost, to just stay put, but I can't just stay put because I don't know what's going on with Jazz, and she could be dying of a gunshot wound. So once I get back to the area that had the demolitions, I'm going to try a different direction. Okay, give me one more IQ check. Nine. That is so good. Okay, you realize that this has actually led you into a portion of the caves that you've been to before. But these were the portions of the caves that were accessible on the tour. You're pretty sure you can navigate your way out to the cave office at this point, but you have no idea how to get back to your sister from there. Well, I'll start with that. Danny. As you start running towards the cave office, Jazz, you have an unconscious Chief Brackhaven, and you can hear some rattling sounds. Do I have him handcuffed? You do. I'm going to take his gun, because he put that aside, right? Mm-hmm. He tossed it behind him. Yeah, I'm going to go and like kick it down the hall. What kind of rattling? <laughs> it's like a shaking sound, and you can hear it coming from the rocks and stuff surrounding where you're at. Oh, like a cave-in? Not necessarily like a cave-in, because you see a number of chunky-sized rocks start lifting up into the air and then flying towards you. Oh, I'm like, come fight me in person, you coward. Wow. That's the second one I've rolled tonight. Yeah. Something about you yelling that clearly threw (laughs) off this thing's resolve, because as the, the missiles come towards you, you don't even have to dodge to evade them. I can't see him to attack him. There's no way for me to know. So I'm just going to grab the handcuffs holding the cop and I'm going to start dragging him towards the entrance. Like this ghost is going to be attacking me, but I can't do anything about it. So I'm just going to leave. By the way, Jazz, you realize something. What? Your light isn't on. Wait, I've just been able to see. You realize you can tell where the stone is surrounding you because of how cold it is. But the main way that you're navigating right now is by your own body heat and that of Chief Brackhaven. You can see like a warmish glow coming from the both of you as you're walking. When we touched the cocoon, it was cold. Are there colder spots that might indicate where this ghost guy is? I want to look for the darkness between the stars. (laughs) Yeah, give me a perception check. I'm going to allow you to make one. I missed it by one point again. Why do I have a 45 when I roll 46? You swear that you're getting close to figuring out how to track this guy now that you're seeing via heat, but it just slips past you 
and a big what looks like a broken haft of a pickaxe comes flying through the air towards you. Of course it does. I am having the worst luck tonight. You get your arm up in time and it just shatters as it strikes your arm. It's clearly old and rotted enough that it did not make a very good projectile in the first place. Jazz is angry and tired and just had to fight a cop. And she's pretty sure she's going to go to jail for that, no matter how that comes down. So I think she's going to start taunting the ghost. She's going to be like, what? They don't teach you how to throw things in the forest? The angrier you get, Jazz, the more you realize your body is continuing to heat up. Is it making it easier for me to see him? You notice as the heat is flaring off of you that it's almost pulsating at this point, and you catch a brief glimpse of something black heading out towards the night sky as you are reaching the end of the tunnels where you're connecting back to that area where the cairn is. Okay, I'm going to call out, yeah, go ahead and run, you coward. You're too afraid to fight anything that can fight back. And I'm going to hustle because I'm pretty sure he's going after Danny. So I'm going to drag the cop and double time it towards the entrance. Okay. Danny, you finally hear something as you're staggering around in the darkness. You realize that you're right up at the top part of the mine entrance. And it leads you out into the little open area where all the displays and everything are at. I head towards the door, see if I can get out. It's locked, but you have an easy time of just turning the interior lock from the inside to get it opened up. (laughs) I go outside and I shoot off the flare gun. As you go outside and shoot off the flare gun, high up in the air, Jazz, you can see a flare shoot overhead. Yeah, I'm going to throw him in the backseat of his own cop car, shut the door, and then go after Danny. Okay. Danny, as you're sitting there waiting, you hear off in the distance... Can I correct that? She's going to take the cop car to go find Danny. Okay, so you steal the cop car. The cop car's behind our rental. I'd have to move the cop car out and then come get our rental. Jazz, as you are currently J-turning the cop car back down that road, Danny, you can hear in the distance the unmistakable sound of the man from outside. I flip off my headlamp again. Not that that's going <laughs> to help a ton. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture you standing there and you like hear that voice. You just like snap off the light. <laughs> And I tell grandma to put her hand on my shoulder and how do you hide from a ghost? How do you hide from a ghost? He can't, I, there's no indication that he can like see through walls or something, right? Run? I don't know. Um, Call for help. Is there a phone in the mining office? Is there a phone in the mining office? Well, I'm outside already. Go back in. The door opens both <laughs> ways. You didn't lock it behind you. <laughs> no, I did not. So as you run back into the mining office, you can see that, yes, there is a phone right on the desk where Tom usually sits. Okay. I start by calling Jazz. Okay. Because she's probably like the only number I have memorized. I turned my phone off. (laughs) Call 911. That's who you call in the emergency. You don't even have to memorize the number because it's in the name. Well, Danny, (laughs) you try and call Jazz from the phone and you end up getting her voicemail. Hey, it's Jazz. Leave a message. I swear I'm going to kill you when I find you if you're not dead already. It's so freaking cozy, though. It's such a cozy thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Where are you? I'm coming to get you. I'm going to hang up and dial 911, and then I'm going to leave the phone off the hook and connected to 911 in theory, but not be on the phone talking where he can hear me. 
and I'm going to go back to the main big area with all the displays and see if I can hide behind anything. Okay. There are two statues of miners. That's pretty much the only big display that you feel you can hide behind right now. I'll go there for lack of a better thing and tell Grandma, touch my shoulder. Like, I'm, I'm hiding behind you. Don't worry. I'm still touching your shoulder. Give me a PP plus 10 roll because it's a fairly big display. No. 76 out of 23. No. Danny, as you go to hide behind this display, what you don't realize is the stand that it's on is rather precarious. And as you go and step on it, the increased weight of a full-sized human adult being on there causes the stand to just collapse downwards for a second. And then both of the statues pitch forwards to the ground and break. And you can see right up at the front door to the mining area, the man from outside's face looking towards you through the displays. And he opens that big, big mouth of his as he moves and starts sliding under the door. Jazz. Yeah. You knew where that flare came from, and you're already racing down the mining road. I'm going to pick up the radio. I'm going to be like, Dana, Dana, you have to come to the mining office. The sheriff went crazy. There's a bunch of dead bodies, and he knew. He attacked me. And then I'm going to turn off the radio and just keep driving. As you are pulling down the road that leads to the mine, you hear, I know, I'm on my way. Oh, that don't sound great. He shot me. He shot the veterinarian. He shot Harton. He even shot the dispatcher. Jazz is going to grab the mic and go, go to a hospital. I'll handle this myself. And she's just going to hang up and go towards the building to save Danny. Danny, you notice now he has slipped most of his form underneath of the door. And his head is the last thing to come through. And it leans way back as it stretches under the door. And then it snaps up as he reaches back to his full height. He says, well, aren't you going to be the most delicious one of all? No. I will give you heartburn. <laughs> Here's comeback. This is why you didn't get bullied. Danny, he reaches his arm up and he launches a portion of one of the broken minor statues at you. Do you want to try and dodge it? Yes, I would, please. Okay, it will take an action from your round. Go ahead and roll a d20. I only have one action. <laughs> That's your one action. It says one because I'm a non-combatant. Oh, yeah, you have one attack slash action and then three non-combat actions. Oh, good. Okay, good. That's, that's much better. Okay. Dice got stuck. Okay, 14. You barely managed to leap out of the way as it shatters against the wall that was behind you. Jazz, at this point, you are pulling up to the front of the mining office. You can see that there is something going on in there. You can hear noises coming from within. I'm not even going to make you make a perception roll. I'm going to run in. You hammer through the front doors, and you can see your sister cowering and trying to run away from something. That 100% will put me into a ragey kind of mindset. Danny cowering? No one does that to her. I want everybody to roll initiative for me. Woo! Well... Jazz, as you are getting very, very angry, you can feel the heat in your body. Your vision has returned to normal, by the way. But you can feel the heat pooling in your body and your hands burst into flames. And you feel in your right hand, there is a flame that you feel you could actually throw. But I don't know where he is. You don't. Is Danny looking at him? You can Mm -hmm. see that Danny is very much currently occupied. Can I throw it where it looks like she's looking? 
Yeah, give me a perception check. Yeah, I would like to see if I feel confident about that. Otherwise, I'm going to swing because I don't want to be throwing stuff if I don't know where it's going. Well, you're you would have to spend your whole action running if you wanted to get close enough to be able to swing at it. I got a 45 perception on the dot. You're pretty sure you know where she's looking. I'm going to try and throw it then. What do I roll for that? You will roll a strike roll with a plus two bonus. Okay, so I got a 16. The ball of flame that you hurl bursts within a couple of feet of where she's located at, but the reaction that it has when it strikes is oddly muffled, like the explosion hits something, clearly. Okay, do I roll for damage? You do roll the d6 of damage, but you realize you still have more flame in your hand. Okay, I rolled a two damage. Okay, so it hits something. That much you know. I'm like, still attacking women who can't fight back. Powered. Danny, you see its look shift from you with an intense amount of rage towards your sister. And it starts loping forwards as a bunch of things start coming off of Tom's desk. And they start whipping forwards and trying to hit Jazz. Okay, Jazz, you can try and parry this attack. Yeah, I'm going to try. For a 17. You barely manage to get your arm up and wrap it around the mass of cords that's coming at you, but you give it a nice solid yank and you pull them right from their moorings as they try wrapping around you. Still pathetic. I really want him to focus on me and not the person that has very few points (laughs) and is already massively injured. No ability to fight him. Yeah, Yeah. and Danny, you can see this thing just rushing towards your sister and she is smack talking the hell out of it. It has no idea because I can't see him. (laughs) I'm actually going to chase after him and try to grab him because if I can hold him still, then she has a better chance. I have no idea what to roll for that. <laughs> You'll just roll a d20. Okay. 17. Ooh. As hard as he tries to, as he realizes that you're on his heels, the creature tries to move its leg as it's striding forwards towards Jazz, but you just manage to get it by what you presume is its ankle, and you're holding on to the back of it now. It's impeded from moving forwards because you're grasping its leg. He's right here. I have his leg again. Is it my turn again? It is your turn. I'm going to go punch him. And as you're moving forward, it'll take you an action to get close enough to punch him. You are getting so much hotter, though. Okay. I'm like, Danny, you might have to back off. I'm getting real hot. But not yet. (laughs) Because he needs to stay where I can see him. And whirling around, it tries to kick at you, Danny, to get you off of it. Oh, no. I rolled a two. Oh, good. (laughs) It seems shocked as it swings its other lanky appendage towards you and just goes right over the top of your head with it. And you once again feel your grandmother's touch upon you. You know that she's holding on to you for dear life right now. (laughs) Danny, what do you do? He's standing. He's still standing. He tried to do like a wheel kick, but his arm went down for a moment and then propped him up until his leg could spin over. I pull on his leg. Roll another strike roll, please, and just flat D20. 15. Not only can it not break your grasp, but when you dig your fingers in real tight, you notice that same motor oil smell coming as you realize you're digging into its substance. 
Go ahead and roll 2d6 points of damage for me, please. Ooh. This is my first ever attack roll. I don't even have a d6 out. Two fours. You squeeze, and you can see a brackish, more liquidy black substance leaking out of it as you're squeezing on this thing. Hey, Jazz, I can fight the ghosts, too. Sweet. We're ghost bashers. (laughs) Oh, my God. Jazz, it's your turn again. (laughs) I can't see, but you told me he's on the ground, right? Yeah, and you can see your sister still has one arm just clenched in front of her like she's holding somebody in a headlock. And I know what that looks like and where the body normally lays, so I'm going to try and punch him. Okay, go ahead and give me another attack roll. Ugh, I only got a seven. It undulates out of the way as you're striking down. Danny, you are, of course, the only one that can see this. As it does so, it rips its limb from out of your grasp and starts darting towards the entrance to the mining area, the front entrance. He's running! Howard. He hits one little fight in the entirety of his existence, and now he's running. Is it my turn? It's your turn, Jazz. He's running towards the door? I just want to charge that way. Okay. See if I can charge into him. Okay. You can make this attack because you're wrestling trained. It's a technically a body block tackle. Okay. I rolled a nat 20. Danny, you watch as your sister just plows directly into this thing and sends it head over tails, sprawling to the ground. However, a big pulse of heat comes from her body. You can actually feel it even the distance away that you are at. Jazz, your whole body ignites in flames. Am I burning him? You are. And you realize that it is screaming in agony. It's going, I can hear that. No, just Danny. Because you hear nothing, but you realize you're getting too hot. Uh Uh-oh. Danny, within the span of a couple more seconds, you watch your sister explode. Jazz! Did I take him out with me? They're both gone. (laughs) Drag him down to hell. (sighs) I jump up and run to where she was. As you're jumping up and running to where she was, you hear the sound of police sirens in the distance. Oh, for you don't even know the cops in the backseat of the car. You also hear the sound of other vehicles and you can see Tom's truck barreling down behind Officer Dana in a squad car. As you see the massive scorch pile where your sister had been previously. The only (laughs) remnant is one of her tennis shoes. I might be dead. I spontaneously combusted. Grandma, do you see her ghost? I'm, I'm like desperately looking around for Jess's ghost. You can I don't see care your grandma about looking around too, and she's like, "Honey, I don't see nothing. What the hell? I don't know. She exploded." Jazz. Yeah. It's hard to describe the feeling that overcame you as you got too hot. You just knew all that heat had to go somewhere, and you held it in as long as you could. But when you finally let it go, you realized there wasn't any other choice. You feel floaty for a moment, and then you feel like there's a massive rush of wind going past you, but then you realize it's not going past you. You are the wind. And suddenly, there's another explosion. Now, this explosion is slightly different. This explosion takes place right over the Lovejoy Acres mobile home park. In a big, loud explosion, a completely nude woman emerges from midair and lands directly in the hot tub of one spicy Eddie who is currently entertaining Sandra Yellowhair with several waddles of Merlot. 
Sandy screams in her bikini as Jazz, you plummet directly into a spa. You take three points of damage as you land in a hot tub. Okay. <laughs> completely okay. nude. I'm going to be like, Spicy Eddie, I need to borrow your car and some clothes. Danny's in trouble. He's like, you know, there's a lot of ways I saw tonight going, and this is not one of them. Spicy Eddie, I will kill you if you don't give me your car right now. My sister is in trouble. He reaches over and grabs his keys. <laughs> Thanks. Here's your reward. And I jump up and run into his place to grab some clothes, and then I run out and steal his car. <laughs> so we're going to zoom up for a moment. We're going to go to the next morning. The two of you are both in the police station, wrapped in those blankets that they give people who've been through traumas. I'm in shock. See my blanket? I am. I fell naked into Spicy Eddie's hot tub. He saw me naked. Jazz, you are currently wearing an oversized pair of shorts and a large t-shirt that says party naked on it underneath of the blanket that's wrapped around you. You have no shoes because when you came barreling back towards the crime scene that had happened over by the mines, dressed in those clothing and nothing else, in Spicy Eddie's car, you realize that the police were already on the scene. And by police, we mean Officer Dana and a bunch of -of out-of-town police officers who were coming to investigate the situation. Chief was taken to prison following a raid on his home and a storage unit that he owned that revealed an extensive drug smuggling operation, not to mention pinned him to several homicides in the area. Colm Harton, the other police officer for the town of Cozy Caverns, was also taken to jail as an accomplice for the chief's crimes. Ian Dahlgren, unfortunately, did not survive his gunshot wounds. However, everyone else at the police station did manage to survive. What are the two of you doing right now as you're waiting for Officer Dana to come back out and talk to you? What time of day is it? Oh, in the world, did you get to spicy eddie's house it's about one o'clock in the morning at this point you two had been separated until now with the cops asking you various questions about what you were doing at the mine what was happening with the chief that he also decided to come to the mine why there was a massive explosion outside of the mine we don't know (laughs) i don't know i think they both just maintained they didn't know that they went to go look at the mine they found the bodies The sheriff showed up and started chasing them through the mine. Danny got through the hole and ran to try and escape. Jazz stayed behind to fight the sheriff. And then Jazz claims she doesn't really remember much after that. He tackled her to the ground and she hit her head real hard. Sorry, don't know what happened. I just suddenly was in Spicy Eddie's tub and I knew Danny was in trouble. Maybe Spicy Eddie knows how I got there. (laughs) Spicy Eddie, by the way, has also been questioned by the police and is very discomfited. You exploded. No, it was so cool. I was the wind. It was not cool. But you were dead. And I punch you. She doesn't even react. She's just like, I can see why you would feel that way. (laughs) Take a point of SDC damage, Jazz. (laughs) I'm like, you do realize I got into a fight with a giant cop today, right? Yeah. I kicked his ass, Danny. (laughs) I thought because he was a cop, it was going to be harder, but it wasn't. He wasn't expecting it. I kicked his ass with his own baton in his... But don't tell them that, because I don't remember. No, of course not. What's to remember? Eventually. Spicy Eddie saw me naked. Officer Dana comes out. (laughs) As if that wasn't bound to happen anyway. Oh my gosh, Danny. I have standards. Do you though? Maybe most of the time. (laughs) It's a small town and there's not a lot of eligible men. I think the numbers just work in his favor. 
the odds are no, because grandma would have gone there. And that alone is a reason for me not to. Fair enough. As Officer Dana comes out to talk to the two of you, she takes you both to a room that is a lot like the interrogation room, but she's like, I promise you, there's not going to be any recordings in here, okay? I just want to talk to the two of you about what happened. I I think we should just tell her. I'll be like, Dana, I'll give you the whole story if you want to hear it, but honestly, it's going to be better over drinks. Do you want to come by after all this settles down and hear the real story? How do you feel about the paranatural? Yeah, she thinks about it for a long moment. Well, I got to be honest with you, too. I already put in my resignation, so I'm doing my last two weeks here as a police officer, and then I'm done with this. She holds up her arm again. She's like, do you know how much they're going to be paying me for rehab on this? You're going to be leaving town? Oh, hell no. I'm going back to college. Oh, good for you. Yeah, come by for drinks. We'll tell you everything, and there may be something to show you that's kind of mind-blowing. So, Well, I'll tell you what. At this point, they're defunding the cops here, so we're going to end up getting absorbed underneath of the larger community umbrella anyway with Cottonwood and all of them. Oh, wow. They don't need people here normally? Or I guess now that the one guy committing crime is not here. Yeah, especially when he's chief of police. I mean, if he's causing that kind of a problem, they figure it's easier to just spend money on municipal services and pay into the bigger police office areas. I mean, it would be hard to build up trust for the police station after this. Tell me about it. I don't want to go back there. I don't want to be here right now. Yeah, but like, you're the good one. Everybody would have known that. I'm sure there's some good ones in the next precinct over. I just don't want this to be my responsibility anymore. Hey, that's understandable. It's a lot. Solid choice. But yeah, come by and we'll give you the real story. Whether you believe it or not, it's up to you. But there's stuff that ain't really explainable in a way that would make sense in a real report. That we can't really show you here. Well, I'll do that then. And you two are free to go at this point. When you are finally released, you get out, Danny, and can see that Hassan is waiting in the waiting area of the police station. <laughs> and he just looks frantic. <gasps> Gonna give you a look and like bump you with their hip and be like, go. I'll find a way home. Don't worry about it. You're staying with me. But she goes over to Hassan too. Yeah, and he's got flowers with him. And he gives them to you and he says, I was so worried about you. I didn't know what was going on. All I knew was Tom ended up calling me up because he got the automatic alarm at the mine that told him that somebody had broken in there. So he tried to contact the authorities too. And when he couldn't get through to the cops here, he called the cops outside of the area. That was smart. Good on Tom. That might have saved our lives. Yeah. But how are you doing? Are you okay? He didn't hurt you or anything, did he? No, I'm amazingly okay it's kind of a lot to explain i kind of look at jazz again and then say do you want to join jazz and dana and i for drinks and we'll kind of tell you everything that happened jazz gives a nod she approves he says yeah all right a drink would probably be good right about now anyway very very good i got my car here do you want me to take you guys home yes please Yes, please. I need shoes and to not be in Spicy Eddie's clothes anymore. They smell (laughs) like Spicy Eddie. Ergo, you smell like Spicy Eddie. I know. Please, Hassan, can you take me home? He takes both of you back to the prickly pear. Tom and Melina are both very concerned about the two of you as well. They make certain to check on you as you go up to your room and get a little bit of relaxation, maybe a nap. When Hassan and Dana come over later... What are you going to try and show or tell them? I think we would have talked about this before they got there. And I'm kind of leaning towards tell them everything. 
I am too. In the privacy of our own home before they show up, am I able to like use my fire powers on command at all? Uh, you want to try? Yeah, I want to see if it's something that's on command or if it's only like a life or death thing, you know? Okay. Well, but when you try and make that bolt of fire that you had earlier in your hand, nothing happens. Can I like set the tip of my finger on fire? Go ahead and roll percentile dice for me. 33. 33. There's a brief spurt of flame, but it only lasts, the flame on your fingertip is only about the size of a blighter, and it lasts for a couple of seconds before it winks out. Okay, I don't know that I'm going to be able to show him, so uh, can Grandma tell you a couple secrets about him or something? Do you know any dirt? But not like mean dirt, nice dirt? Yeah, nice dirt. I mean, only thing I know about Dana is she's got a lot of cats. Okay, what are her cats' names? Oh, that I don't know. Just, I mean, look at her. She constantly got cat fur on her. You can still talk to Grandma, though? Yeah, I can talk to Grandma, but... Okay, well, we can at least show him something weird with you knowing something happening in another room, maybe. Okay, that'll work. We'll tell him we don't know how it works yet, but the truth is the truth, and they either believe us or they don't. Fair. And you can always try and show him your lighter finger and see. Yeah, we'll tell them the story. Tell them, like, we can try and prove it to you, but... Honestly, we don't really know how any of this works. So mine might just be a life or death thing. And I don't know how to prove that I can talk to ghosts. Well, while they're there, Grandma seems to be taking a time out or something. I don't know that this stuff works around not weird people when not weird stuff is happening. Grandma left. I'm going to go check and see if Ariel is still in the wardrobe. She is not. Okay. Ariel's gone too. We tell them the story and are like, we can't really prove it right now because this stuff seems to come or go. For her part, Dana seems very skeptical. But Hassan's like, well, I mean, you know, I used to listen to Art Bell and everything. And I think a lot of that stuff's possible. So, I mean, that's really cool. If it helped you, then like, you can't say it's not real, I guess. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, saved our lives. Wait, are we assuming that he also didn't reform when you exploded? Did it feel pretty final what I was doing to him? I mean, you can't say for certain, but, well, I mean, you also haven't seen the front of the mining area. Danny, you saw the front of the mining area in the direct aftermath. It looked like someone set a literal bomb off. There was a 20-foot scorch mark where your sister had been previously. We'll wait till after this to go check. Once Dana and Hassan are gone, we're going to go check the mine to see if we feel anything. Yeah, And the ghosts. We'll yeah, check on the ghosts. Okay. As you head towards the mine, you can see even from the distance before you pull up there, there are still police officers down there and there is a massive security effort going on right now. But you see something else off in the distance. The area where all the people had been standing on the Red Rock Byway is empty. And as you drive back through town, you can see a couple of the people that had been standing there with their eyes hanging out doing ghost stuff. Awesome. I, I want to go them. talk to one and just see like if everyone's okay. Well, funny enough, you catch sight of one Ruby Settos hanging out on the street corner talking to your grandmother. Let's go say hi. And your grandma waves as you're coming over and she's, oh, baby, yeah, I had to go out for a little bit. All these crazy dead folks ended up coming flushing into the town and they were all freaking out. So I've been helping them out. Yeah. Is it everyone? Oh, no. A lot of them apparently just vanished. Some of them, especially a lot of the natives, they headed off past the hills. There are no people over there anymore. Jess, we did it. 
Is Ariel okay? The two of them look at each other. Your grandmother says specifically, she's resting right now. That girl's got a long road ahead of her. She basically got digested by that damn thing. Yeah. If she needs a place to hang out at, I mean, we got our closet. I mean, that's pretty grim, honey. You can't hear that, but Danny does. <laughs> I don't know really how to help a ghost. Like, I don't want to offer your services to talk to. She can talk to me. I just won't hear her. So, you know, if that helps. Jazz can't help ghosts. For her part, Ruby, who is also smoking a cigarette, Danny, you can hear her say this. She's like, you know, I hope they give that son of a bitch Colm the chair. Oh, wh- why? I mean, why Colm specifically? Oh, that prick was using me for a drug mule. Oh. One of the reasons I had that new car, apparently they had put a ton of heroin inside of it. Oh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they found some kind of note up in old Brackhaven's information about how they were going to bump me off. They were using you as a drug mule and they were going to kill you? Yeah, I mean, they said they were getting suspicious and they thought I had found out about it. I didn't know nothing about it. It's horrible. Yeah. She's like, that's all right. If I can get you to drive me out to the prison sometime, I'm going to haunt him for the rest of his life. So. <laughs> you got it. We're absolutely all for ghostly revenge. Mm-hmm. And now you've got a plane trip back to Philadelphia coming up in just a matter of days at this point. What are the two of you going to do with the rest of your time here in Cozy Caverns? I think I'll spend my time learning from the staff how to take care of the inn to just see how that, now that this craziness is over, just kind of how the day-to-day operations go. And I'm going to spend as much time as I can with Hassan. Yeah, you will. Super cute. Hassan is actually the one that ends up driving the two of you back to the airport when it is time for you to go. I think we would have had a lot of discussions on whether or not we're staying. I think Jazz would kind of feel a responsibility to the area. Mm Mm-hmm. And especially with everything and not knowing for 100% that he's absolutely gone. Mm -hmm. Danny doesn't want to, like, what if he shows up again and starts stealing dead ghost's eyes again? Yeah, or what if someone else comes and preys upon the ghost because they're, you know, they've been hurt for so long. Abusers find to be abused. So we've decided to stay, to go settle our affairs and yeah. Well, as he's waiting with you while the two of you are getting ready to go in, Hassan kind of pulls you back, Danny, and he asks you that very question. He says, so am I going to see once you're done taking care of everything back there? Yeah. I mean, if if you want, but yeah, we're we're coming back. He leans in and he gives you a very soft, sweet kiss. And he says, just don't take too long, okay? I'll call you every day. Okay. <laughs> Cozy Caverns Mysteries is a Real Play Games podcast production. Palladium Books and Megaverse are copyright and registered trademarks owned by Palladium Books. Beyond the Supernatural, BTS2, Laszlo Society, and Box Nightmares are trademarks of Kevin Simbaida and Palladium Books Incorporated, used with permission. Our theme song, Ode to J, is performed by Toon Dogs and used under a commercial license, which includes sync licensing. If you'd like to contact the podcast, feel free to reach out to us at RealPlayPod on Twitter or via email at RealPlayGamesPodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to help support the show, please check us out at www.patreon.com forward slash RealPlayGamesPod. We'll reward your support with early episode releases, exclusive content, and much more. 
Thanks for listening. We hope you have a great one. Thank you.